Hello and welcome to Car Talk from National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And we're broadcasting this week from the Don't Think Like My Brother Department here at Car Talk Plaza. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, this guy didn't think like either of us. He thunk good, as they say. <laughs> and I'm referring to none other than Dr. Albert Einstein. Well, we know he did some uh, very famous uh, thinking about physics. You yeah, know? like the theory of uninvited relatives. <laughs> that's, that's the guy. <laughs> but anyway, someone sent us a list of quotes attributed to Einstein about other topics, and it turns out he's a pretty smart guy about a lot of other things. Yeah, for instance, here's one. Go ahead. He said, The difference between genius and stupidity is that genius has its limits. <laughs> 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 Did he really say that? Well, could be like Yogi Berra. He didn't say half the stuff he said. Put your hand on a hot stove for a minute, and it seems like an hour. Sit with a pretty girl for an hour, and it seems like a minute. That's relativity. <laughs> Here's another one. You do not really understand something unless you can explain it to your grandmother. Well, that's true. <laughs> I like it. Now, here's something that you could have said, too, yeah. but Einstein beat you to it probably by a few years. When Einstein's wife asked him to change clothes to meet the uh, German ambassador, he said, If they want to see me, here I am. If they want to see my clothes, open my closet and show them my suits. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. Once you can accept the universe as matter expanding into nothing that is something, Wearing stripes with plaid comes easy. Are <laughs> <laughs> right, you ready for this? Yeah, yeah. little equation. If A is success in life, then A equals X plus Y plus Z, where X is work, Y is play, and uh, Z is keeping your mouth shut. <laughs> Look, if you have a question about your car, give us a call at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Barbara Little, and I'm from Kalamazoo. Hi, Michigan. Barbara. Hi, how are you? I got a gal in Kalamazoo. <laughs> What's going on? I drive a VW Beetle. It's like a 96, and I've been driving it for a little over a year now. And I never noticed before, but since summer came and it's been really hot out, I notice every single time I turn the air conditioning on and I come to like a stop sign or I slow down a lot for a turn, yeah. um, my car makes a really um, crazy, kind of scary noise that kind of sounds like it's just going to explode on me or something. It sounds like an old fan that's about to, you know, bite the dust or something. It kind of goes, Brrr! it's super, super loud, and it's it's really scary. So, And does it make the noise the entire time that you're stopped? Yeah. So you didn't buy this car new. No, it's actually my sister's, and I'm borrowing it. Um, she was in New York for a while, oh. and I got into a car accident. So, you're, I, so you're, you're borrowing it now? Yeah. It's time yeah, to give it back. Except that <laughs> you said no. it was at 96, and I, I don't think they made this car in 96. No, it's at uh, 98. There you go. That's better. <laughs> okay, what's well, a couple of years, right? Yeah. <laughs> and this happens when you slow down or come to a stop? Yeah. Right, oh, okay. right, right. And it'll continue to do it unless you turn the AC off. Yeah, once I turn the AC off, the noise stops. Well, it sounds like you either it's need... exactly what you said it was. Yeah. What'd you say what? it was? She said it was a fan. <laughs> well, well, like a house fan. Like, you know when your house fan yeah, is like about to die But, but it's, it's, it's louder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is a fan that, that is running all the time the AC is on. Okay? And the fan is... It, when you turn the AC on, the fan turns on to cool off the condenser. Okay. And it could be that the fan may have just a bad bearing in it, and it may be worn out. And after nine years, I wouldn't be surprised that that fan has failed. We replaced quite a few of these. Yeah. Okay. But worse than that, it could be that the air conditioner compressor is giving out. Oh, let's, or, let's hope not. Or falling out. Falling <laughs> out. <laughs> well, if it were falling out it, when it was on, it would, you know, when the belt is turning it, it would, it would in fact, make a lot of vibration. Do you feel vibration, or you just mostly hear it? Hear it. You mostly hear it. I think it's probably the fan, the cooling fan. You yeah. know, it's a plastic fan. Driven Not a by, big deal. Driven by an electric motor. And when you turn the AC on, the fan runs. And, and you, in fact, you might be able to make the noise, okay? Turn the car off. Turn the engine off. Turn the key back on, but don't start the engine, okay? 
And then it, it was, and then turn the AC on. Now the AC won't work, but the fan will come on, and, and you, you'll hear the noise. You'll hear the noise, and you'll know and, what it and is. And I'm with my brother. I believe that you will hear it. Okay. All right, and then you got to take it someplace to have him replace it because okay. it's not the fan that's at fault. It's actually the motor. The, well, you have to return the car to your sister. <laughs> right, and say next that time, don't give me a car that's making all these noises. <laughs> so you deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> But you've got to you've got to fix this for her. It would be the nice thing to do. It would be, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, don't be like my brother. He would just return the thing to me and say, "I don't." I know. wouldn't. I would take it right to the junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Good bye. luck, Barbara. Eight 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 Car Talk. That's eight 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 two two seven eight two five five. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Zelda in Hammond, Indiana. Zelda. It's not Zelda. It's Velda. Vel with a V. With a V, my mom is Zelda. Zelda, you Zelda was the name of Mike Hammer's secretary. Yeah, I know. Really? In the Mike Hammer series. Yeah, Mickey, books. Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Spillane, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that, yes. Yeah. Well, and and where did you say you were from, Zelda? I'm in Hammond, Indiana. Hammond, Indiana. Outside Chicago. Wait, Chicago's in Indiana, too? Well, well they, they just moved, across the border. They moved it like the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Velda. What's up? I'm calling about a problem with a 1988 Toyota pickup truck. 88. 1988 with 53,000 miles. We're the original owners. Really? Yeah. Wow. Who's we, who's we? My husband and I. Okay. And when when the truck is cold, when I've just started it up, it sputters, it bucks, it dies, it sends black smoke out of the tailpipe. Sounds kind of like my brother. <laughs> <laughs> My car, you mean? When no, no, you. <laughs> and it smells like it's running really rich, you know, like you can smell gas. Yeah. And it, at times, backfires so loudly. I mean, it's like a gun. I mean, a couple of times I've actually thought that I've been shot. I've, you know, checked. Really? Just that loud. Excellent. And it's been doing this for over a year. And Over a year? You're just getting around to calling us now? <laughs> well... Well, my husband works on on our vehicles, and he's tried lots of different things, and we're we're kind of you know at the end of the road with it. And well, give us some of the ideas that he's tried because we need to, considering how old this vehicle is and how long it's been since I've looked under the hood of one of these things. I think we need to be kind of reintroduced to it, you know. <laughs> yeah. well, let me tell you one more one more critical detail. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you start it up cold, you drive it for ten to fifteen minutes, and it 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 gets warmed up, and then maybe you're at like a a stoplight, and you turn it off, and then you turn it back on. It runs like a watch. But now, if you didn't do that and you kept driving for like half an hour or forty five minutes, huh. it would be running terribly. Really? Okay. Uh, See, I was homed in on an answer for this until now. How predictable is that little procedure? Very. Very. Sorry, I didn't hear you. Very. <laughs> Very, huh? Well, wait, what were you homing in on? Well, these these because uh, I was homing in on something also. Yeah, your sandwich. <laughs> just I noticed. Uh, no, these carburetors have something called an auxiliary accelerator pump. And, and there's a little diaphragm on it, and if it leaks, it will, uh, because it's operated by vacuum, the vacuum will suck gasoline from this leaking diaphragm right into number one cylinder of the engine and foul that plug and make the thing run on three cylinders. Oh. And then all of a sudden, without warning, uh, the thing will fix itself up. And the reason it, it happens without warning is that when the engine finally warms up, the vacuum to this thing ceases. And and then that fouling situation stops. Uh huh. So the extra gas isn't getting poured into that cylinder. But for the whole time that it is, this thing will run terribly. It'll run really rough, and that's also causing your backfiring. It's pouring unburned gas into the exhaust system, and it'll it, the combustion will take place when the when the gases reach a critical mass. They'll take place inside the muffler or inside the exhaust system, and it sounds like a cannon going off. Oh, my God. You've got to be careful not to drive your car around really old people. <laughs> you can, you can, no, don't drive near nursing homes or rehab centers or anything like that. You could bump people off left and right with this thing. <laughs> oh, God. So, so, I mean, but however, I am but confused. it's been going on for a year. A little over a year, yeah. Well, until you replace that diaphragm or pinch off that vacuum hose... The problem's not going to go away. Replace the diaphragm or yeah, pinch it's off the called the AAP diaphragm. 
AAP diet. Now, I could be wrong, but the only reason I mention this is we replaced dozens and dozens and dozens of these on all kinds of Toyotas over the years. Yeah. Well, dozens and dozens of years ago. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, but I, it's the only thing that I remember about this thing, so it must be relevant. Okay, so this is something then that you've heard about with these vehicles or that you know Not about. Not just heard. We, we discovered the problem. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so the things that he had done, like replacing a fuel filter to see if maybe some junk got in. Yeah, that would Oh, no, he's on the periphery here. He's oh, going to yeah. dive right in. And yeah. this diaphragm is actually very easy to replace. Okay. If Does he have the, uh, what, what do you call, the service manual for this truck? I think he does, yeah. If he does, he should find out where this AAP diaphragm is and unplug the vacuum hose from it while the engine's running. Mm-hmm. When he does that, he'll see gas dripping out of it. Okay. And, and as soon as he does that the engine will begin to run on all four cylinders. All righty. I mean, this is the only piece of advice I could help you. This is the only thing I remember. About, about an 88 to pick up truck. And it sounds like a good fit. It, and it's, it's, it's lucky. Yeah, it is you lucky. You had that question. <laughs> good luck, <laughs> Velda. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call. <laughs> Bye-bye. See, now, Bye. she's been struggling for a year with this problem. All she had to do was call hey. us. Hey. Took us two years to figure it out. Eight 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 Car Talk. That's eight 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 two two seven eighty two fifty. Hi, this is Gordon from Melrose, Florida. Hi, Gordon. I got a nineteen ninety five four wheel drive uh, Jeep YJ, and I've had it about six months, and um, I've had a few little problems with it that I'm trying to fix myself. The latest one is um, this particular problem gives my mechanic the heebie-jeebies. He says he says that when he tested after let's see what I had the uh, uh, front brakes uh, fixed, he said you've got steering wandering problems. My steering just he says you go down the road it wanders. <laughs> I got news for you: every Jeep <laughs> has steering wandering problems. <laughs> well, the problem is he says this one gives him the heebie-jeebies, and he says I got to replace the steering box, the tie rod ends, the ball joints, and the steering dampener. For it to go away, and I'm trying to do the work myself. So my question is, um, if I'm doing it myself, which do I replace first, and <laughs> and how do I get through all this? What when, when, first? When, when you he, do everything at once, take <laughs> everything apart. While the steering box is expensive, it's probably three or four hundred bucks to buy one of those things. Yeah, well, I think I've seen it for as low as two hundred. So yeah, uh, this is obviously has power steering. Uh, no, it's not. It's manual. oh, okay. So that would make it cheaper. So you have a steering box, you have a center link. You have uh, two tie rods, which consists of a left inner and outer end and a sleeve and a right inner and outer end and a sleeve. And you can just go and buy all this stuff at, at the Jeep dealer or a parts store. What about these special four-wheel drive magazines, you know, that have all this, um, you know, rock crawling stuff? You don't need that. No. You, you drive on rocks? My rocks are in my head, my wife says. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably right. She is probably right. And, and I, I think the, the most critical thing here is likely to be the steering box, and I'm guessing that that's the one that's worn the worst. Okay. So if you're going to do that, you might as well do all the other stuff, too. Okay. Did, did he you... mention ball joints as well? Yes, he did. He said tie rods, ball joints, and the steering dampener. All right. Oh, and, did... and, and the steering box, too. Yes, yeah, right, all four. Yeah, did, did, he, did he give you a, a price? Uh, no, not yet. I said I wanted to, you know, think about it because I just paid money for the brakes. <laughs> oh, because doing the ball joints is not easy on this thing. No. Oh, really? That's why I asked about ball joints. Yeah, no, the ball joints ain't easy. You have, you have big hammers? I've got a two-pound sledge. Mm, That'll do it. Might. <laughs> it might. And, and But you, you might want to have him do. I mean, the steering box is very straightforward. Right. Although, you know. That's the thing you could do. Although getting the pitman arm off the steering box requires a puller, which you don't have. No, I don't. You know, so you could wind up not saving a nickel because you're going to have to go out and buy a pickle fork to get the tie rod ends off. What, what, what's that called? A pickle fork. That's not something from a restaurant, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Then, then you're going to have. Well, you could use the one in the restaurant, yeah. <laughs> then, then you're going to have to get a ball joint press to get the ball joints out of the steering knuckle. Oh, mercy. That, that ain't easy. That's going to cost yeah. you a couple hundred bucks. No, no, I don't want to pay that. All right, so no. here's what you do. Take it. You're at the mercy of this guy. Yeah. Take it in. He's going to charge you 1500 bucks. And he'll do everything. Pay him. Okay. Because the alternative so is you're going to spend 900 on tools. You're going to smash up every knuckle imaginable. Yeah, and you'll never and you're going to miss a week's worth again. of work, and your wife's not going to talk to you for a month. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good luck, Gordon. All right. Thank you. <laughs> See you later. All right. Man. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, sometimes you just don't know what a job entails. No. I mean, it's, it is good that he wants to learn, but there are some things you shouldn't learn on. Well, and, and you should... Like things that are going to crash the car. Well, and it would be nice to learn how to do this stuff on a friend's car. Ah, exactly. And, and especially <laughs> if that friend had all the tools. All and your not... brother-in-law. Like I did on your car. Oh, oh your job, brother. Other jobs I learned on your car? Yeah. You learned how to do a valve job on my car. Hey, I was only 12. I had to... <laughs> it was either that or get in trouble. Look, it's time for us to take a short break. Yeah, and when we come back, what happens then? Well, we give a quick prayer of thanks that NPR didn't cancel us during the station break. <laughs> and then we'll discuss uh, marital communication strategies. Hey, right up my alley. Yeah, dead end in your case. <laughs> Well, stay tuned, because in addition to that, we'll have more of your calls, so don't go anywhere. And even though Alberto Gonzalez wishes he slapped us with a lifetime cease and desist order whenever he hears us say it, this is NPR National Public. Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and how to talk to your wife. I know this is something that uh, you've had a lot of experience with. Anyway, this was sent to my wife by a friend of hers, Andrea Levitt. And I think it was intended to be a guide for men on how to talk to your wife or girlfriend just before a certain time of the month. Or all month long in the case of my ex <laughs> Well, folks, now you know why my brother keeps a live-in divorce lawyer in his spare room. Anyway, here's what to say and what not to say. Listen up, guys. Okay. Okay, the first one's about dinner. Here's the most dangerous thing to say. What's for dinner? Huh. Is somewhat a somewhat safer thing to say. Can I help you with dinner? Hmm. The safest thing to say. Where would you like to go for dinner? <laughs> and ultra safe. Here, have some wine. <laughs> That's good. I like it. Here's, here's one about her day. Mm. Dangerous. What did you do all day? <clears throat> mm, yeah, that's not good. Safer than that is, I hope you didn't overdo it today. Safest. I've always loved you in that robe. <laughs> and ultra safe. Here, have some wine. <laughs> I about, like it. About food, specifically dieting. Oh. Dangerous. Should you be eating that? <laughs> no, it's bad. That's bad. Even I know that. <laughs> Safer. You know, there are a lot of apples left. Mm. Safest. Can I get you a piece of chocolate with that? <laughs> and ultra safe. Here, have some wine. And chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a copy of that. I'll try it on wives number three and four. <laughs> Great idea. Anyway, there's no puzzler this week because what? The puzzler, as you may know, is still on uh, summer vacation. Yeah. You know, we actually got a postcard from the puzzler. A postcard? Yeah. Really? This, this actually came to the office this week. Want me to read it here? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hey, click and clack. Having a wonderful time in Paris because you're not here. The food and wine are great. But how come a country with 400 cheeses can't make a decent cup of coffee? Back soon, the puzzler. A little sassy for a, an inanimate object, wouldn't you say? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, while the puzzle is away, you can always find one of our old favorite puzzlers posted at the website cartalk.com. You ready for a call? Uh, not really, but since the alternative is uh, talking just to you, <laughs> I'm ready for a call. 888 227 8255, which also spells, ready for this? Yeah. 888 Car Talk. What are the chances of that? Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Hello, you're. Hey, guys, this is Steve from New York City. Hey, Steve, Hi. what's happening, man? Well, I have a 91 Toyota Tercel that my mom gave me in Jeez. December. 
in yeah. great shape. She never drove it 60,000 miles on it in 15 years. Oh, man. Um, it's a perfect New York City car, isn't it? It's perfect. Yeah, I can actually parallel park it here. Yeah. yeah. Um, since the beginning of the year, I've had to put in four alternators. Uh, they've oh. all been rebuilt, and they've all failed. And I wonder, is there something in the system that could be causing that, or is it just a series of bad rebuilt alternators? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing in the in the car that could be causing the alternators to fail. Where are you buying them? Uh, at the garages that have repaired them, where the car breaks down. So uh, in every case, it's been a different garage. Yes, one in New York City, one in Missouri, and one in upstate New York. And I don't want to add another one to that list. Yeah. And and how many miles are you getting on these alternators before they have to be replaced? Well, I've put about three thousand miles on the car since I got it. Yeah, that's 750 miles on all today. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're better off get, buying some gerbils at the, at the pet Wait, store. Just, how about a, just a glass of wine? <laughs> well, so, something is, is wrong, and, and if it were the one station that were doing it, and one repair shop, I would say, well, maybe they bought a bad bunch of alternators at the parts store, or maybe they're doing something wrong, like over-tightening the belt every time. Okay. But that's not the case, because four different places have done it. And, and thank God. They've all been under warranty, so I've only had to pay for the first replacement. Huh. And is any and is anyone? Have you asked anyone besides us to offer a a reasonable explanation? Why go to anyone else? <laughs> Why right. go to anyone else? Because we're free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> Jeez, I mean there there isn't much. I mean, for example, you I, can't I don't screw up much. You can't screw up much, and the the you can't ask the alternator to make more electricity than it can make. In other words, there can't be really anything wrong with the car that that would make the alternator burn out. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine. I mean, I hate to say this, but whoever putting these things in, there's not a big market for alternators for 91 Tercels, and it may be that they're just a cheap junk. Okay. And they're failing because I really unless someone is over tightening the belt, but it re, it would require that three different people over tighten the belt. Yeah, you may have exhausted every bad alternator east of the Mississippi. <laughs> and you I'm may, just the job of alternator. Yeah, you, you may be. You Could so, be. so so you you may be ready, Steve, for a clear run from now on. You could <laughs> okay. get a hundred. You you could get two hundred and fifty thousand miles out of the next one. Make well, the I average alternator so. for you last fifty thousand miles, which is typical of a rebuilt alternator. Okay. But I wouldn't worry about it. I don't think there's anything you're doing wrong. Okay. And I don't think there's anything that the installers are doing wrong. I think it's likely to be the alternator itself. And if you want to escape this cycle, you might want to try going and getting one from the Toyota dealer. That's a great idea. All right. See you, man. Thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> Good Bye -bye. luck. Thank you. 888-CAR-TALK. I should be so lucky. You should. That everything that breaks on my car would be under warranty. <laughs> what are the chances of that? <laughs> when was the last time you owned a car that had a warranty? Let's think about this for a minute. Well, I mean, it's, let's, let's go I back. know what it is. Let's go back in time. What's the, what's, what are you driving now? 77 Fiat. Okay, you buy that new? No. No, because there's no warranty. Put NW next to that Fiat. Okay, before 52 that. 52MG. 52. Uh, the warranty hadn't been invented then. <laughs> okay, no warranty in the MG. No warranty. Before that. Dodge Dart. Well, what year was the Dodge Dart? 63. Okay, you bought that in 73. No warranty on that unless you had the 10-year uh, day. No. War. Okay. Uh, what else we have? Uh, uh, before that, the Caprice Classic? Yeah, that might have been it. That might have been it. <laughs> yeah, the one with the animals living in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No warranty on that. Let's keep going. What else did you have? Prior to that, I had that uh, AMC thing. That I gave to my first wife. Oh, you had a, you had a Rambler American wagon. What a great car! Yeah. Mm -hmm. What happened to that company anyway? <laughs> I don't know. No warranty. But then I swapped that for the sleek Black Beauty. Oh yeah, the '65 Ambassador. Yeah. Ooh, oh, oh. You had a warranty on that. I did. Because you bought that brand new. Brand new. You must have had a job then. Huh? <laughs> I, so we can. I so this is like this. You know what this is like? This is like an archaeological dig. <laughs> we're, di we're finding out about you through your cars. Of course. So when you when you last a a working, productive, contributing member of society was 1965. <laughs> Since then, you've been a, a bum, bum. <laughs> and a slacker. Uh, 
Yeah. And you relied on the good offices of your brother. <laughs> oh, boy. It's a wonderful life, isn't it? <laughs> okay. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-825. Hi, guys. This is Sarah, and I'm calling from Salt Lake City. With an H or not? Oh, I'm going to guess with an with H. With an H. The only way. Okay. I have a 1999 Accord um, with the V6 engine that has about 89,000 miles on it. And it has started doing this sort of lurching thing between first and second gear. Um, so the automatic transmission. Automatic transmission, but it feels like when you're in a stick shift and you haven't let the clutch out quite fast enough, and the RPMs are revving, and then eventually you let the clutch out, and the car just jumps out from underneath you. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. I understand it perfectly. So it used to be kind of subtle. Like I moved out here about a year ago from a place that was really flat into this really hilly neighborhood. Uh And uh, shortly after I moved here, it started doing it. It was really subtle at first. It wasn't this big lurching thing, but it's gotten worse over time. And it doesn't do it between any of the other gears, just between first and second. And it's otherwise just a great car, but um, it worries me that there's something wrong with the transmission and... I don't really know anything about transmissions except except that they're really very expensive. expensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is going to cost you about four thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't know. The guy at the oil change place is like he drove it around for a while and said, "Well, you might need this little timing thing, and that's really cheap, or you might need a whole new transmission, which is thirty five hundred dollars." Yeah, yeah. Don't well, even ask the guy at the at the oil place. I I would say you need to go to the Honda dealer for a couple of reasons. It sounds to me like this is the uh, beginning sign of a uh, future uh, major transmission rebuild. Oh, that sounds bad. That sounds it, bad. Yeah, it is bad. And here's and his, the data that I base it on, that Honda has had trouble with these transmissions in, in these Accords. Well, I heard there was a recall on some of them, but when I called the company, they said it wasn't on my model or my year. It might it, Right, it might, it's after your year. But it okay. may be that it's the problem that exists in the later models just took longer to appear on the earlier mm-hmm. models. So it might be that if if it's that kind of problem, I could still appeal. Like, it just seems like I don't have enough miles on the car for it to have is done the, something. Is the, check, well, is the check engine light on, Sarah? Um, No. I've never seen the check engine light. Yeah, if You've got to go to the dealership. Really? Yeah. If there's any hope of it not costing you $4,000, they're the only ones who have the hope. But oh, then, you could have the oil change guy do it. He only gave you a price of $3,500. <laughs> Now I got I give even worse news. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I'm excited. Let's hear it. <laughs> no, but it's not worse for you. It's worse for me. My '97 <laughs> Odyssey has started doing exactly the same thing. Oh. oh no, really? Yeah. So do you think it could be something minor? I don't know. I turned up the radio and, <laughs> and put a lot of air in the tires, so it's a real bumpy ride now, and the radio's loud, and I'm trying to ignore it. But then again, my car is on the way out and yours has a lot of life left to it yeah i mean i really we it's mostly been highway miles we've lived in places that we walk most of the time oh, and it's don't drive it did. all that much and i would throw Sarah, you, i would throw yourself on the mercy of the dealership of the dealership yeah and say look at well you know we're in love with this car we, yeah. we've bought nothing but hondas for you know the last 108 yeah. years in our family and and we want to continue to buy hondas and we want to see if there's anything you can do in this regard Okay. It may be a software problem. There may be something with the computer. You know, the the, okay. com- the transmission shifting is controlled by the computer. Yeah. But generally, when that's a problem, the check engine light would come on. Okay. Does it matter? Do you think it has anything to do with having moved out here from no. into all these hills? Ev- and, and, everything. It has everything. To do. <laughs> what, where did you move from? Charleston, South Carolina. Charleston, South Carolina. Well, uh, the car very just flat. Be on- also very humid and very dry here. And I wondered if that had anything it to, do with nothing it. to do with no. it. It has nothing to do with how you drive. There's no way I can blame this on my husband. <laughs> oh, you can always do that. <laughs> no, you're you're not at fault. No, you're innocent completely. Okay. If there's anything wrong, it's the car that's wrong, not yeah, you. Yeah, and see what they'll do for you. Okay. Good luck. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Let me know how you make out because it may have some bearing on my Odyssey. Okay. <laughs> see you, <laughs> Sarah. Thanks. Bye-bye. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8250. Hey, this is Chad from Minneapolis. and Chad? Um, yep. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm the uh, proud over- owner of a 1984 Vanagon, and uh, I bought it for a dollar, and it is a piece of beauty. It's, uh, <laughs> it's We call it Big Blue, and uh, it's big and blue, but we got a couple problems with it. Um, 
electrical problem. There's a little bit of an oil problem. Uh, antifreeze seems to be leaking a little bit. The odometer and speedometer doesn't work. I got a coat hanger for an antenna, but my biggest problem... Wait a minute, what kind of a band are you in? Uh, I don't know how to sing and I can't play an instrument, but I'd love to be in a band. Oh, oh. you'd love to be in So you bought this thing, why? I've got, I got four small kids. Oh. And uh, the, the problem comes in with the safety of the kids. See, my wife doesn't yeah. think that the car is very safe because it doesn't have the lap belts. I mean, it does have the lap belts. It doesn't have I'm shoulder belts. Can you, yeah, can you get the uh, shoulder strap belts on there? Jeez, mm, boy, probably oh. not. Yeah, probably not. What if you gave each of them a beach ball to hold? <laughs> There's another idea. I haven't thought of that one. I haven't thought of that one. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't. you're not going to find anyone. Uh, yeah, no one's going to want to do it. Because the okay. liability is so great. For example, if, if someone were to put in the proper anchors for, you know, for shoulder belts, you know, uh, and the things failed in an accident, which is the only time you're going to, there's no way to test them except to have an accident. Yeah. And if one of them failed and something god-awful happened, then that person would be responsible. Right. Your, your wife is right. My wife is right. She's, She's always right, gentlemen. I know. Of course. Doesn't, doesn't all that, wives doesn't are that always frost right. your shorts? All my wives were always right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so then she wants me to sell it. Yeah, well, you ought to be able to. Get, you ought to be able to. <laughs> you might. You might have to take a half a buck for it. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, you get the money back, well, yeah. you you can drive this thing. Yeah, I mean, are you use using it primarily to drive the kids around. Well, I've got a smaller car that I I, I can run around. I got a little Mazda six two six. So this was going to try to be a family vehicle. I think it's a bad idea, and I agree with your wife that it's not. And here's the problem: it's not a family vehicle. There, there are, you know. Thirty years ago, or twenty-five years ago, or whatever, this probably wasn't that dangerous. Even though it didn't have any of the, if we had the same conditions today that we had twenty-five years ago, yeah. I wouldn't be so concerned. But we don't have the same conditions, and what I mean by that is there are so many SUVs and trucks on the road that yeah. the risk is much greater today driving around something that doesn't have the same kinds of safety features that modern all the other modern cars have. You're really taking your children's lives in, in your hands by driving them around in this thing. Yeah. And, and there's more traffic and there are, 100% right. And there are more vehicles that can kill you than there ever used to be and the numbers seem to be growing. You know, so if we all drove little vehicles, you'd be at an advantage because you'd have a bigger vehicle. But now your vehicle isn't bigger. It's smaller, in fact, than most of the other vehicles out there. And it's much more vulnerable because you don't have any of the side curtain airbags or the proper seatbelts. You don't have anti-lock brakes. So you're going to have to move up to the at least the 20th century. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is like 19th century, this thing. So yeah, I, I know yeah, it was yeah. a great deal and you hate... And and I know your instinct is, well, it was only a dollar, and it's got a few things wrong with it, but it could really be good. But I don't think there's any way to fix it to satisfy your wife. Yeah. And, and that's what really counts. Yeah. You're going to find some kid that's got a band. Right. <laughs> I think if you, if you painted it in, with interesting colors, the, the band guys would come looking for you. Oh, they'd love it. Uh, I, got a, I put new tires on it. I put a little bit of money into it, but uh, maybe I can get it back. No, no, that, no, no. no. Don't, don't, no. I, I just... Leave the keys in it. Maybe somebody will just take it. <laughs> Good luck, Chad. Thank you. All right. Look, uh, it's time to take a short break. Yes, and when we come back, I'm going to share with you a suggestion from a listener that will change this show forever. Uh, for the better? <laughs> what other direction can it go in? <laughs> well, never say that. You never know. All right, look, so when we come back, we'll have that suggestion, and we'll take more of your calls. So don't go away. We'll be back in a minute. Trying to make this old car go She burning all every mile she go Watching the gas gates dripping low Roll down the window, feel the hot wind blow I gotta see the palm trees one more time Salt water washing over friends of mine See some old faces left behind me But see a girl I used to think that she was mine My car can't do much but stop and go She got two speeds, mama, fast and slow I get a little help from a prayer I know She's got three words, mama Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. And even though electric car antennas quickly retract whenever they hear us say it, this is NPR. Ha! We're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and the... 
a brilliant suggestion. Yeah, this comes from a listener named Gene who says this. Hey guys, instead of welcoming each caller with how do you spell that, where are you from and all that, why not welcome people by saying, is your check engine light on? <laughs> I think this would speed things up a little and get you guys on the right track sooner. Just trying to be helpful. Gene. She's an excellent suggestion. Well, let's do it for the next few calls and see what happens. Okay, let's get right to it, man. If you have a question about your car, give us a call. Our, the number here is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Is your check engine light on? Absolutely not. <laughs> All right, who is this? This is Heidi. Heidi, how do you spell how do you that? Spell that? <laughs> it's H-E-I-D-I. -I. Oh, okay. Where are you from? I'm from Washington, D.C. All right. Well, that's what you get. Really? Is your check engine light on? Because you might have missed it, <laughs> missed it the first time. <laughs> no, but I think when I lived in Boston, I actually ruined a car driving on Huntington Ave every day. Ah, that'll do oh, it. Oh, <laughs> really? You lived in Boston. What made you leave Boston? Um, Employment? <laughs> well, I actually just didn't like my job. Not the city. Oh. Okay. That's okay. Sure. Where were you born? I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Well, this has really sped things up. <laughs> I know. It is much faster. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> I have a 2003 Toyota Camry, uh -huh. and I get this strange sort of pulsating grinding, but it only happens when I'm braking really hard and hitting like a pothole or a bump at the same time. And, and it's a pulsating and grinding. Right. Oh, yeah. Did you buy this car new? No. No. How long have you had it? Um, about four months. Did, did, did you get with it an owner's manual? Yes. You did. Did you, did you read the owner's manual? Um, no. no. No, of course not. <laughs> did you? Is it in the car? Yes, it is. Okay. When you get when you finally get around to reading it, go to the <laughs> section called anti-lock brakes, uh -huh. and you will find out. It'll describe, I think, exactly what you described to us. Maybe you when when you are going maybe a little bit too fast, mm -hmm. and you hit something that changes the traction of the wheel, so that maybe one wheel is grabbing less than another. Right. Okay. What it'll do is it will try to diminish the amount of brake effort that's going to the wheels that have good traction to equalize them with the wheel that has the poorer traction. So that you don't go into a skid. Sure. And what will happen is you'll get this grumbling right. kind of, it's kind of scary. Right. I just sort of assumed that it was ABS, but something going wrong with the ABS. But that's no, what it should feel it's like. it's something going right with the ABS. Oh. Right. It's working exactly the way it's supposed to work. And for most motorists, it's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because it is kind of scary. In some cars, it's really severe, and there's a lot of pulsing in the pedal. Because what you're feeling is those solenoids that are uh, directing the flow of pressure. You're feeling those going on, off, on, off, on, off, and that, that back pressure is getting telegraphed right into your brake pedal. Right. So that's why you feel that pulsing in the pedal. Okay. But it's perfectly normal, unless it's doing it when you're not stopping, in which case it isn't perfectly normal. But if anything goes wrong with that system, usually the light gets turned on. Right. You know, so and the my light, light is... is not on. No, no. no. And, it's in, <laughs> and, and some cars uh, will actually let you know when the ABS is being used. You know, the light will flash. Right. But usually you're busy looking looking out for telephone poles and the like when that's <laughs> happening. So so it's it's fine, but read the book and it'll give you some insight into what else it does. Okay. All right. Excellent. See ya, Heidi. Thank you. Thanks for your Bye. call. Bye. Did you ever have a car that had ABS? Every one of my cars is at ABS at least in the last decade or so. You, have you ever had a car that no. didn't think so? <laughs> eight, eight, eight. Tell me, we've got to bring up at least to the twentieth century. I understand you're reluctant to enter the twenty first century. But can we get you like a like a nineteen ninety nine something or other? What for? You're right. Eight 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 car talk. That's eight 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 two two seven eight two five five. Hello. Is your check engine light on? No. Okay. Who's what's your name? Uh, Ed from Hartford. Ed. Okay, we're with you. Oh, how do you spell that? <laughs> no, we know the Ed part. I just spell Hartford. <laughs> anyway, what's going on, Ed? Well, uh, about a year and a half ago, I bought a, a 2000 Saab 95, mm -hmm. and uh, I would go to the uh, the store and uh, park my car, go in and and shop, usually with my wife, and oh. we would come out, and uh, my car would be very crooked in the space huh. and it kept happening and uh, 
It started you weren't lined me. up with the lines. In other words. In other words, your car wasn't parallel to the two exactly. lines. Exactly. I, I, right. I was within the lines, but I was always crooked, yeah. mostly really, really crooked. Wow. So nobody was moving your car. In fact, it was you. It was me. Yeah. It was me. <laughs> and I would get out of my car and look, and it would be crooked. And I'd say, what the heck is going on? And I would straighten it once, and then every now and then I'd have to get back in and straighten it uh twice yeah i mean it sounds like i'm out of my mind but yeah, uh, my wife does. No, we're no. slowly coming to that conclusion especially <laughs> after you got that letter from your wife <laughs> uh my wife had the same problem and she she says well you know what the problem is the line of the top of the door is is such that if you line that edge parallel with the car next to you your, your car is going to be crooked and i think she had something there and so I started trying to compensate, but it, it hasn't been working. I, I don't know. Um, you know, I've developed sort of a parking envy because I'd go in the garage and I've noticed, you know, some people I work with, uh, you know, park perfectly every day. Hmm. And there's mine over there and it's it's crooked. And uh, <laughs> Well, here's, here's, here's what you should do. I, I think it's you're not likely to, to be able to correct this because it's a visibility. You're not seeing out of the car. Do you have any other problems driving the car? I mean, you you feel you you run anyone over or, <laughs> yeah. you know, cut anyone off because you can't see out out correctly? No, 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 no. But I'm I'm a very cautious driver. I don't even get into situations where I do cut, would cut people off. Mm. Well, I find there is some we test drive a lot of different cars and there are some cars that I have great difficulty parallel parking and part of it is visibility, but part of it also has to do with the steering radius. Cars that have a large steering radius that, you know, that take a lot of area to make a turn. Hmm. I often have a problem parking because if I'm accustomed to being able to make that adjustment at the very end, uh. when, you, when, you, when you're ready to finally pull in, you say, oh, I'm going to go a little bit this way, a little bit that way. If you can't do it because the wheel is already cut all the way, yeah. sometimes you wind up pulling into the place crooked. And, and it's crooked such that the tail end of the car is always winds up closer to the guy on your right. That's okay. the way it always winds up for me. Yeah. So, so what I'll do then... You guys are wacko. Yeah. You're as crazy as Ed. <laughs> what are you guys yeah. talking about? No, no, it's, it's it happens. Now, what you can... Now, so, so you're not likely... You're not going to fix the steering radius, and, and, and you... Uh, and especially since most parking lots uh, and garages have, have really made the spaces very narrow, so it's, it exacerbates the problem that you can't get in. So what you need to do is ignore it and make everyone else park on an angle like you. So you or, or just maybe take a, a much uh, uh, deeper trajectory. Right, or take two spots. No, but okay. if, if you get to work early, Ed, and you park your car so that it's like at a 30-degree angle, then everyone else who comes in after you has to do the same thing. Well, they, they know how I drive, so they don't park next to me anyway. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay, you have a reputation then. I, I, I'm not the I'm not a the greatest driver to begin with. Oh well, we already so, determined that. Already... <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's okay. I mean, you, but but this car has has a big turning radius, oh, and that's okay. I think that's part of your problem. And it has you know questionable visibility. Yeah, it does. So the best thing you can if you now if you approach the parking spot from the left side of the road, and mm -hmm. you, then mm -hmm. then the turning radius becomes less of an issue. Right. In other words, okay. you can, if you can make a wide swing, pretend mm -hmm. you're driving a semi. Yeah. Put one right. of those signs on the back of your of your car. This thing makes wide right turns. <laughs> but but that's you. If you make a wider turn, you'll be able to line that thing up so you're right between the lines. Okay. Well, you might have you might have just uh, you know relieved a tremendous amount of stress in my life. Oh, I, I hope that. so. Yeah. I, I doubt it. But send us send us a photo <laughs> of your parking prowess. I might just do that. Yeah. All right, Ed. See you later, man. Thanks, guys. Love your show. <laughs> Thanks. See you, Ed. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Hey, I have something for you that we got in the mail. Yes. A listener named, what's this guy's name? Well, it might, might be a guy. It might be a woman. Chris Dunham sent this in, and it's a sticker that's going to go on your car. And you've probably seen these oval stickers from time to time that that uh, denote uh, maybe a person's heritage or their country of origin. You've seen them for Ireland and France and England and all that and yours while it this is especially for you although he sent two I think I wasn't I'm not ready to have one of these 
This it, this has for you the letters G Z R. German? No. What do you think? G. Geezer. And <laughs> 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 hey, we got two. We're gonna put one on the front bumper. Oh, good. You have a front bumper anymore? No. Okay. <laughs> put them both in the back. Put bumper. it right on the headlights. Just to alert. <laughs> just to alert people. That you're behind the wheel. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on car. Is your check engine light on? Uh, no, no. No, that's not come on yet. Ah, is, what's uh, your name? This is Robert from Soddy Daisy, Tennessee. Soddy Daisy? How do you spell that? S-A? No, S-O-D-D-Y. Soddy. Soddy. D-A-I-S-Y. Soddy Daisy. Soddy Daisy. <laughs> yeah, Daisy's growing in the midst, oh. amidst the grasses. Yeah. yeah, well, that's, that's kind of a charming And where is Saudi Daisy? Right outside of Chattanooga. Oh, okay, we got it. Well, I'm yep. glad we got that straightened out. Well, it's yeah. been nice talking to you, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening? Our company bought a used pickup truck, a 1990 Ford F-250 XLT, mm-hmm. 43,000 miles, mint condition. Wow. As we're waving to the elderly couple to drive away and thanking them and everything for did, did you happen to witness them laughing truck. up their sleeves never yeah, mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. waving to them as they're you know smiling and everybody's happy i say goodbye and she says goodbye take good care of mark and i kind of cock my head to the side and she said mark the truck's name is mark Oh. And I think to myself, of all the things that she could have told me, drive safe, you know, yeah. put unleaded gas in it, don't go over 65. She had to tell the you the name. The truck being named Mark is the one that really just cut to the bone and cut to the quick. Yeah. Because I've always had a vehicle that's been named a female. Oh. And I'm wondering, I thought all great vessels were female names, and I'm wondering if I can change the name of the truck feminize huh. it or change it to a female and not cause the truck any psychological mechanical oh, oh, problems. So you, you think if you, if you decide to change Mark to Marsha or Mary or something like that, that it's you could... not going to respond or yeah, have an yeah, identity yeah. crisis. Right, right. I've exactly, never understood exactly. the idea of giving a vehicle a name. No. I've never had Now, a, to, to be fair, vehicle. Tommy's really? called his vehicle some names. <laughs> and always started with you, Snow Good. <laughs> but they actually... There's a level of respect and a, and a dedication, I think, that comes to it. There I'm going to take good care of her. Right, right. I think, she's going to take good care of me. Well, I'm not so... I'll tell you, we have seen plenty of <laughs> junk boxes in our shop yeah. that have had names. Yeah. So I think naming a car doesn't necessarily ensure... That it's going to be taken care of and treated with respect. So you have this thing, and, and you've had it for how long, Robert? Uh, we've had it for about uh, four weeks. Ah, four weeks. And has anyone called it by name? Uh, we did once, and then we, and then in front of the truck, and then we had a brainstorm at the shop and came up with Marcy as a feminization of it. Well, I think Marky might be better. I remember there was an actress Marquee. named Marky Post. Really? Yeah. <laughs> And so Marky, he, he could he could just think it's a cute name, but he might not realize that he's had a sex change. <laughs> yeah. So you name your vehicles as a matter of course. I mean, is there, has oh, it been, all the time? Really? Can, too, you get, huh? can you share with us some of the names that you've had? Well, the first one uh, it was a Eclipse, and her name was Rebecca. Rebecca. Uh huh. Yeah. And any others that, that, uh, that you could mention to us? You share with our listening audience. It's all right. You don't have but to. But it does it. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you, if, I had, if the roles had been such that I were in this car and yeah. this old lady had said to me, take good care of him. I've never named a car in my life. Yeah. No. If she had said to me, take good care of him, I said, yeah, right. Okay, see you later. And that would have been the end. I wouldn't have given it another thought. Another thought. Really? No, I mean, your car, your truck doesn't have a soul. I mean, it isn't, it isn't a being. It's it's a mechanical device, and as such, doesn't doesn't deserve a name. That I hurts. know I'm going to get a lot of flack about this. Well, I've never I've never given a name uh, to a vehicle, never. Well, I don't understand why anyone would do it. But lots of people do it, and because we don't understand it, we're yeah. going to ask our listeners and people who visit our website to help. So we're going to open up a, a discussion area on the site. 
Ah. Because we're eager to know how many of our listeners name their cars and what their reasons are for naming their cars. Because and whether they are male or female and roughly how old they are. Well, I think more women uh, name their cars than guys. I, I do, too. I, I think that's for sure. Yeah. And, and more than that, I, I want to find out if people at least believe that they take care of their cars better, better. because they've named them. Because now if you name somebody, it's like it's a member of your family. Sure. If one of your kids was named, you know, Mark, would you not feed him? <laughs> well, anyway, Robert, I would stick with Marky for the time being because I don't Excellent. think he'll be able to tell. To tell, okay. Yeah, and Marky could be a female name. Excellent. And we'll, and, uh, we'll keep you posted on our on what goes on. Well, you can check the site Yeah, I'll yourself. go check it out. All right, man. Boy, Thanks for calling. These tough questions are killing us. See you later. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Well, it's happened again. You squandered another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Our esteemed producer is Doug the Subway Fugitive, not a slave to fashion, Bongo Boy Berman. Our associate producers are Louis Cronin the Barbarian and David Gibraltar Green. We also had help this week from Aaron Wax. Our senior web lackey is Doug the Old Gray Mare. Our engineer is John Cartman Parati. And our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor just back from the East Tahiti, Bake Stuff ZD, Extra Meaty, Frosty Weedy, and Rio Needy Free Lunch Treaty with your ex's new sweetie, <laughs> it's John Bugsy Lawler. Our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, assisted by statistician Margin Overa. Our customer care representative is Haywood Jabuzoff. Our second shift meteorologist is Claudio Vernight. <laughs> Our staff orthopedist is Denise Hoyt. Our Ralph Cramden impersonator from the Dubai office is Mohammed Ahmed Ahmed. Our martial arts trainer is Anita DeGroin. <laughs> Our physics graduate student is Laura Venersha. Our anger management coach is Kirsten Hollard. Our Russian chauffeur is Pikoff and Dropoff. Our optometric firm is CFI Care. Guest accommodations are provided by the Horseshoe Road Inn, and the head of our working mother support group is Erasmus B. Dragon. Our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe is Hugh Lewis Dewey, known to the bankers selling subprime burritos in Harvard Square as Huey Louie Dewey. Thanks so much for listening. We're Click and Clack the Tappert Brothers. Uh, don't drive like my brother. Uh, don't drive like my brother. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. CDs of this show, which is number 735, along with Car Talk clothing, audio collections, and other Car Talk gifts, are available at 888-CAR-JUNK, or by going to the Shameless Commerce division of our website, cartalk.com. Also this week at cartalk.com, we're giving away free bumper stickers that promote cell phone free driving. You, you can't get one by calling a toll-free number? No. While driving? No. <laughs> but, but you can get a Drive Now Talk Later bumper sticker very easily. Find out how at the safe driving section of cartalk.com. Production of Dewey Cheatham and Howe and WBUR in Boston. And even though world health officials go on high alert for foot in mouth disease whenever <laughs> they hear us say it, this is NPR National Public Radio.